the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, the Milwaukee Bucks are bouncing the second round of the NBA playoffs. The NHL bubble continues to hold strong and some big contracts in the NFL. In the second half, football is finally here and we go around the NFL to break down each division. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? It's Mac. Hi, and it's Heather, who is currently not on fire, but she's really hot right now. Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are you guys doing this week? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, excited for football uh, coming back. Uh, what I'm not excited about is how pe- owners are still planning on having people in the stands. Um, you know, uh, and I, you know, I've checked out some of the college games. You know, watched a little bit of BYU Navy. Um, did learn a fun fact that Campbell University, right down the road from us, is only playing a four-game season all against FBS teams. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, keep in mind that's an FCS team. So they're they're essentially awesome. Getting, they're essentially getting paid to be a traveling punching bag for a couple teams. So you know what? Do I, it. Yeah. Do it. Make your money. Yeah. Get definitely. that bag. Yeah. Heather, how are you doing this week? I am doing up and down. I am recording from my new house. This yeah, time, we are officially recording from our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina, and across the country. And yeah. across the country. Um, yeah, so did that drive. Took five days, and it's a drive I don't wish on anybody. Um, because there's a lot of nothing in South Dakota and a lot of nothing in Montana. And then parts of eastern Washington are just repeat of the same. And I was I was kind of surprised by that. But... Overall, so you can um, you can verify that South Dakota actually exists. Yes, it does exist. Okay, because yes, okay, my wife is one of those people who's convinced that it's just a big conspiracy that that state exists. It, it it does exist, but it's literally just a lot of like brown grass and fence line and cows. Mm, okay. okay. All right. Um, yeah. Um. I got to see. Uh. If you. So uh, some of our listeners aren't on uh, aren't on my personal uh, Facebook, but I was posting pictures of like my first wildfire that I got to see. I got to see two in one day. Um, that was in Montana, and I get here, and of course there's two burning, like within an hour to two hours away from me. Yes. So uh, so that was my reference to me not being on fire um, because everything everywhere else is on the west coast. Um, yeah, so lesson learned here. Stop with those gender reveal parties, assholes. You're burning down <laughs> half of America. Well, now, one of them, though, um, I think the one in one of the I think one of the ones in Montana was or maybe it might be one of the ones here. It was a farmer that was trying to do a controlled burn. And um, the conditions are so dry right now that you cannot do that. Y'all, when I tell y'all, it is literally like, hey, just imagine yeah. just 
hay everywhere. That's what the grass is here. Yeah. Like it is so insanely just dry and and brown and like I cannot even imagine why why would you do that? Why just I can't anyway. Well it's uh that I digress. It's, that's years of deforestation and poor environmental policy coming back to bite us all in the ass. <laughs> Jesus. But it's not the podcast well, for that. So no, no, well, before no. we let Matt get on his soapbox, we've got a pretty busy show tonight. Uh, let's Listen, I saw it the- coming. I saw I saw him putting up the ramp to it. So it's yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Let's start off in the NBA down in Orlando, the number one seed in the East. The Milwaukee Bucks got an early bubble exit at the hands of the Miami Heat. Uh, The losses spurred some rumors that star Giannis may move move on, but the but he has denied any interest in leaving. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I think you kind of saw the kind of the drawback of staying in Milwaukee. I'm not saying it's a bad team. There was a reason it was the number one seed. But when Giannis isn't on the court, they don't offer enough to keep up with. Uh, I mean, Miami's a young team. And, it, you know, after LeBron left, they kind of had to reset. Uh, they've drafted really well. I really like uh, what Harrow's done in the first, uh, you know, first round. Um, but, I mean, the, when those big teams start, you know, offering him this, these big contracts, like there, there was even a, a – a, blurb on the ticker on on espn that the clippers the clippers are going to make a run at Giannis. um so i mean it's just i i don't i would love to see him stay in milwaukee i think that would be great for a small market team uh, you know kind of shift the balance of power away from like the new york and miami and the east um but when you are the number one seed and you were running roughshod over the nba before you know uh, covid um you know, and they were playing. I mean, they only played all right upon reset. You know, but were well enough to still keep that one seed. But if you can't perform without him on the court, even for five or ten minutes at a stretch, like that, that shows holes in your in that team. And Giannis is, uh, you know, he's part of that group of, uh, you know, big personality, a lot of pool stars in the league. Um, you know where. I wouldn't be surprised if he took his ass to like L.A. to play for the Clippers or one of the other franchises. That, that would be cut. a ridiculous amount of talent there. Yeah, but I think with Giannis, he would sign the long deal. Uh, but Kawhi and Paul George, I don't see them. I see them doing like LeBron does two or three years uh, with an opt out at, you know, for the last year. And then they they renegotiate and try and again um, reevaluate the situation. Yeah. See where it makes sense. Yeah. You know, but I mean. I think Kawhi plays with Giannis for a while. Paul George, I see, is more like an ancillary piece in that and that threesome there. Um, I, He's a great the Chris Bosh of the team. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I mean, I I love uh, Paul George. I think he's like is an outstanding ball player. Um, but you know, like you just when you have holes on a team, and it, it gets exposed the way it did against Miami. It, it did, Miami was exposed against, uh, or the Bucks were exposed against the the Heat. Man, like it wasn't even. Um, you know, I think uh, Eric Spolstra and and, it's, and the squad he's got down in Miami. You know, Spolstra's a good coach. I think he's shown that since he got the job from uh, Pat Riley. Um, but he he can scheme, and he did a great job. Uh, you know, getting that team ready to play against you know the number one seed. And Miami was just supposed to be a speed bump. Uh, you know, and now they're going on to the second round. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis leaves. Yeah, uh, isn't it the third round? Because isn't oh, yeah, third Miami? Round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Miami's eight and one so far in the playoff. Yeah, 
Yeah, I apologize. Uh, my my days just absurd. I'm I'm still dealing with COVID time, where everything runs one day runs into the next, into the next, into the next. So sorry, what, guys. What is time? What is yeah. time? Um, it's a it, it's a con. You know, it's a it's just a concept at this point. It's not even real. <laughs> uh, other piece of NBA news: the. Former uh, Phoenix Sun star Steve Nash was hired to coach the Brooklyn Nets, a move that many criticized given the ratio of black to white coaches in the NBA. Yeah, but again, it's Steve Nash, um, you know, and Nash has, you know, he's assisted, uh, you know, he's been an assistant coach uh, or, or like an advisor to coaching staffs for the last couple of years. Um, I think there were more deserving candidates out there. Um, but it, this is the Nets. They wanted to splash. Uh, they've got a, a young team, you know. On top of that, you've got KD and, and Kyrie, you know. So why not take a stab at it? Uh, he's one of the most. I mean, he's arguably one of the best point guards to play the game. Uh, you know, there's plenty of people. I'm sure Peck would probably disagree with me. Um, <laughs> but you know, the the guy's a multiple time MVP. Um, you know, he ran some high tempo offenses in Phoenix and uh, Dallas, you know, so, I mean, why the fuck not? You know, I mean, give it a shot. And I mean, the thing is, it's like these are basketball coaches. Most of these guys only last two seasons at most before they get shit canned and, and they go on to the next guy. Um, I think the NBA does need to. Excuse me. Uh, you know, acknowledge that that discrepancy. Uh you know, and try and correct it because there's some great assistant coaches out there, uh, you know, that deserve a, a shot at being the head man. But again, this is Brooklyn. You know, this is uh, this is a high uh, high vis team now. Um, no matter what the Knicks say, you know, if if Brooklyn plays up to its potential, the Knicks will be second fiddle in their own fucking city. You know, so it's I I get the hire. I just question it. Yeah. Um, the other bubble going on right now, the NHL has been very successful in their bubble. Um, oh, they because report- people can fucking listen and follow instructions in Canada. Yeah, yeah. in Canada. Still, <laughs> uh, the NHL reported its sixth consecutive week without a positive COVID test. Uh, the announcement comes as the league moves into the conference semifinals, where Vegas faces Dallas and Tampa Bay takes on the Islanders. I mean, it's, go ahead and say that last four again, Tim. Say it again. Uh, Dallas, Vegas, Tampa Bay, and the Islanders. Yes. Okay, the Islanders haven't been exactly relevant. zero hockey mark. Well, no, New York is a hockey market, yeah. but not for the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders haven't been relevant in forty years, almost. Um, you know, Vegas is still a fair. You know, that's still a new team. You know, and they're heading to their. Uh, you know, an opportunity to play their second Stanley Cup in what four years? Three, Three years. Yeah. So, um, you know, Dallas uh, and Dallas and Tampa. I mean, you know, I mean, Tampa's been a solid team for a good several years now. Yeah, but they've they've yo-yoed a lot. I mean, they 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 would have like one great year and they get bounced out in the first round or second, and then the next year you have a drop off. But I mean, that's a good young team too, like you said. Um, so, I mean, it, but Dallas and Tampa aren't exactly hockey hotbeds, uh, no matter what stars fans will tell you, um, you know, but I mean, it's, this is a, this is a weird foursome at the end of the NHL season. Yeah. Um, and can, can you imagine a New York Islanders, Las Vegas Knights, 
uh, uh, Stanley Cup and how I, all I, I, listen, it's I think New York and Dallas. I think New York and Dallas is probably my least appealing matchup. Listen, it's it's 2020. Why the fuck not? Yeah. And it's like I was saying, it's like I was saying before, before we started recording, like, you know, fucking the Islanders are in it because they've been playing such a short. Everybody's playing such a short season that what little like success they've had is what's kind of propelling yeah. them to it. So, like, why not? So. I mean, like I can't. I can't go after them for it. You yes, know? it's 2020. Why the fuck not? Exactly. Why like, the fuck not? Can you imagine all the fans of the original six, Tim? Like the fucking Islanders in the goddamn Las Vegas Knights. Like I have a friend that's a big fan of the original Islanders. Yeah. Like yeah. she I'm, has. She has. I'm like, an original six fan. The yeah. Red. Yeah. The Red Wings are an original six team. Yeah. Yeah. She like she still wears her. Um, she'll wear her jersey to Kane's games. I respect that because Canes fans are kind of wishy-washy and you see an Islanders fan. That's a real fan because they've yeah. been, they've been hammered dog shit for almost my whole oh, life. Oh yeah. No, she'll, yeah, she'll wear it to those games. Yeah. I'm like, go on girl. Go on. Um, also worth noting that the bubble has been so successful that it looks like major league baseball is going to do a bubble for the playoffs. After the first round, the American league teams will all head to Los Angeles slash San Diego while the National League teams will head to Arlington for the uh, division and league championship. Why is the AL splitting up? I, I think it's just so so that there's enough stadiums. But I don't the, know. The NL is going to be concentrated in Arlington, though. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at the report. Okay. Uh, okay. They go to Southern California for the ALDS and ALCS. Games will be played at Dodger Stadium and Petco Park. Uh, as for the World Series, uh, oh, it looks like the NL, the NL will be playing at Globe Life Field in Arlington and Minute Maid Park in Houston. Okay. And then the World Series will be only at uh, Globe Life Field in Arlington. Of course, because it's the first year for the stadium. Might as of well. Course, yeah. Why, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, did you guys see? Um, did you guys see the guy that snuck it? <clears throat> that snuck into the the um, the Dodgers game and pretended to be a cardboard cutout. No, I did not. But you oh need my to God, find that and picture. post that on there the is. page. I will. I will. I will. I'll find it. Yeah, this dude snuck into the Dodgers game um, earlier this week. I think it was, and pretended to be a cardboard cutout, and. <laughs> That is awesome. See him sitting there. He's completely still. Now, granted, it is a picture, but still, like you know, he probably sat completely motionless for the entire game. (laughs) It's so amazing. I'll find it. I'll put it up on the page. Okay, first off, first off, (laughs) what we need to do right now, Tim, is you just need to go ahead and start the Patreon, and we raise money to pay just buy him like a case of beer. Uh, because that's impressive. Yeah. Base, baseball is not a short sport. That is not that is not something you just go to for two hours. You know, you're pushing four hours sometimes with minimal Especially movement. To be, yeah, to be sitting next to a bunch of cardboard people and yep. you have to. Oh man, that's amazing. That's a yeah. real Bud Light needs to do a real men of genius On that about guy. that man. Yep. Oh yep. yeah, absolutely. Um, the NFL saw some big contracts this week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins signed a two-year, $54.5 million contract, making him the highest non-quarterback in NFL history. Yeah. 
Uh, 42.75 million of that is guaranteed. Deshaun Watson signed a four-year, 177 million extension with roughly 111 of that guaranteed. And the Rams gave Jalen Ramsey a five-year, 105 million dollar contract with 71 million guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, all three signings are good. Uh, I mean, Ramsey. Uh, he's a hell of a ball player. Um, I think Jacksonville's going to kick themselves in the ass for moving him. Um, yeah, his is insane. 105 yeah. mil for five years? Yeah, for a cornerback. And that's for not, a cornerback, yeah, that's what they were saying. They were saying that yeah. is the largest contract ever for a cornerback. Yeah, you know, but, like, the thing is with the, the explosion of, like, the spread offense, you know, your five mm-hmm. wides, uh, corners are going to be, like, a premium position. Uh, even more so than they have been like, and they're going to start getting paid that way. Yeah. Um, and did you see what his, uh, guarantee is at signing? Yeah. You know, 71 million dollars. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I think it's about time NFL players started getting guaranteed money like this because, you know, they're not guaranteed contracts for the most part that, you know, the owners and the general managers can rip them up and toss them away, you know, whenever they want. Um, you know, but like I love the Watson signing. I really think that guy is going to be like he, he's he's already in that group of those those uh, young quarterbacks that are up and coming. Now I think Houston fucked up and not giving him the weapons he's going to need. Um, and I have, not only that, but taking away. One. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, but I, I'm happy for Nuke. Um, you know, signing that deal in Arizona. You know, having him available for Kyler Murray to throw to, and they also have Christian Kirk. You know, uh, you know, Arizona could be like the excuse me, that kind of uh, fun and gun offense they were when Kurt Warner stepped in uh, and, and completely changed uh, the the direction of the franchise and getting them to the Super Bowl against the uh, Steelers. So, I mean, it's about like I'm, I'm always for these players making their money like I, I'm always going to be OK with it, you know, and, and I know there's listeners that are going to be like, man, fuck, these guys are overpaid. It's like, dude, this is what the market says they're worth. Mm-hmm. This is what the owners are willing to pay. This is what they negotiated. Do not be fucking butthurt about that. What you should be doing is applauding them uh, for getting one over on the management because fuck them. Uh, make money. Well done, gentlemen. <laughs> well, before we go to our uh Big topic for the night. Something just came across my phone. It appears that there's an effort to expand Major League Baseball into Nashville uh, with a team called the Nashville Stars. Oh, gross. Um, The Nashville Stars just got an investor by the name of Justin Timberlake uh, on board. It is backed by former major league pitcher and Arizona diamondbacks general manager, Dave Stewart and hall of fame manager, Tony LaRussa. Um, why? Okay. Why does Nashville keep ending up on these? Um, you know, why, why do they keep ending up on these expansion, uh, lists? I mean, Nashville, I, I just, I don't know, man, like baseball. I don't really think they're in a position to expand. You know? No, I don't. I don't think so either. Because again, we've had this conversation ad nauseum yeah. about how the MLB is so like is such on a snail's pace for everything. Yeah. To include expanding. Yeah. Like they're barely like I, I feel like they're like they're barely filling the seats as it is. 
with what they have. So, okay, yeah, there's an idea. Let's just open up another one. And yeah, that's going to bring us more money. No, it's not. Yeah. And like Tim, what, what, MLB is what, at 30 teams right now? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. So if they're going to add one, they're going to have to add another. Yeah. More, you know, more than likely. I, I've seen I think this. didn't they operate lopsided for a little while? Yeah, but it was still an even number. Oh, okay. It was 16-14 before Houston moved to the AL. Um, so now they have unbalanced scheduling. So I doubt they, they, that they go to 31 and have to rebalance again. Um, yeah, apparently but, the team is the team name is a nod to the a Negro League team that went by the same name. Uh, the plan is to build a forty two thousand seat a seat stadium in honor of Jackie Robinson, and have the sports first franchise with a majority black ownership. Well, I mean, Dave Stewart's a smart businessman. Like he was one of my favorite pitchers growing up because he was a, a starter on those powerhouse like late eighties, early nineties Oakland teams. Yeah. Um, you know, having Larusa in the folds good. Like he worked for Major League Baseball after he retired as being a manager, uh, kind of in the same role Joe Torre did for a little bit. Um, you know, so I mean, it's, I mean, if they can make it happen, great. But like, where's the other city going to come from? Like, what what other city are you going to expand to? Um, you know, Seattle's always tossed around, but Seattle's getting a, a brand new NHL team. Seattle's he, got a team. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Mariners. Uh, not, I'm sorry, dude. You're right. Uh, not Seattle, but uh, at Oregon, like uh, either Portland or somewhere else in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you always hear Mo- going back to Montreal. Charlotte is another big uh, city that they keep mentioning as a possible expansion target. You know, Charlotte just built the Knights' new stadium in downtown Charlotte. Uh, how do you fit a Major League Baseball stadium in there? Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised, given the prevalence of the sport, that there's nothing really between like Atlanta and Houston. Well, I mean, it's it's not popular down south uh, the way uh, it is like on the West Coast and the East Coast. College baseball is. Yeah. And college. Yeah. But no one gives a shit about college baseball outside of the people that go to the schools. Like, do you really think that people in Baton Rouge are like, hey, man, it's Wednesday night. Uh, the Tigers are playing. Let's do this. No, it's mostly fucking fan uh, uh, students that are going to these games. Oh, no, 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 no. I can tell you in Baton Rouge. No, 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 no. LSU baseball is a big deal. It's a it's, big it's not, deal. Down it's, there. it's not. OK. And how many seats are in that stadium, Heather? Uh, the new one. Let me see. Let me see. Let me look it up. I'll tell you right now. It's not bigger than Tiger Stadium for football. OK. Well, LSU. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, no. Well, OK. No. Everything has to be measured against college football. College baseball is small potatoes. Realistically, I think that there's a potential to put a team either between Houston and Atlanta or Atlanta and Washington. It is, by the way, uh, it's a 10,000. Okay, so it's it's roughly... It's a little bigger than a double A, but less than a triple A size stadium. E- either, either in it that. Is 10, Virgin- and it's also ten percent of, ten percent of the football stadium. Yeah, I, I know. Um, trust me, but I'm just saying, like, I if if given the no, but it, no, but but what I'm saying go, though is no, it is a big deal though, like especially down there, it is a big deal to so to be, go. People are fighting over tickets to go to LSU baseball. Yeah, just about yeah. It's a big deal to go to a baseball game down there. Yeah, I, I will not hold my breath on that. Like the New Orleans Zephyrs <laughs> don't even sell out. Like, hey, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. It, it, it you know, Baton Rouge just, might not have been a good example. 
That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is college baseball is small potatoes. It's nothing. It's not a revenue generator for any school. In no, the it's not. And you are correct. And what's even smaller is the is the softball teams. So, like, yeah, yeah. I got you. I understand. Yeah. But, but I mean, every, everything has to be measured against football. Like, that's just our that's our stick. I, I, I do think that there could be a potential market either in the Virginia Carolinas area or in the Mississippi, See, I, Alabama, Louisiana range why? One or the other. They don't have pro sports team down there for a reason, because the college teams are more beloved. Um, you know, our upper level, like major league teams. So put one um, in Raleigh. Why? They don't support their fucking hockey team. No. I mean, they they actually have in recent years. But oh, oh, really? In recent years, how many sellouts do they have? I mean, I couldn't give you numbers. Oh yeah, okay. Well, see, don't say they fucking support it because the Hurricanes rank in like the bottom five for fucking sellouts. That's support. <laughs> that is fan support. Um, you know, if ever if since not, the whole bunch of jerks comment, the the stadium has been pretty packed. Actually, well, I mean, yeah, again, but if they're not seating fifteen thousand or whatever the at PNC it is. If they're not filled up, that's not, that's not support, man. Um, you know, like that's on a, like, that's how you measure support. It's not just like jerseys and t-shirts and, and, and shit, you know, and I understand games are expensive to go to, but you know, you have teams, uh, you know, that are utter trash, like say the Cleveland Browns asses are still in seats. Right. Um, you know, like Carolina Panthers fans are some of the most wishy-washy on the fucking planet. During good years, they're watching games in, you know, in Bank of America. And down years, fuck no, that place is half empty. Okay. Well, yeah, well no, they'll they'll start it. They'll start it there. They'll, yeah. they'll go through the first quarter there and then they then they're gone by halftime. All yeah. right. So like then, I, then the real gluttons for punishment stick through, you know, yeah, yeah, the, the third people, quarter. <laughs> the people that are really into uh, self-flagellation and hating them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for the news portion of our show. Uh, let's move to our our main topic for discussion. And before we get into this, it's worth noting that Thursday is the first of a potential many sports equinoxes. Uh, it's the normally rare occurrence in which baseball, basketball, football, and hockey will all have games on the same day. Uh, and I will probably be watching basketball more than the Thursday night NFL game, honestly, because those games still suck. <laughs> but let's start our NFL preview in the AFC East, where things look drastically different this year. Tom Brady's no longer in New England, where Cam Newton has replaced him. Uh, looks to, it's the gentleman that wears number 12. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tua looks to take over the Dolphins, but has been slotted to back up Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then you have the Bills who are looking to resurge and possibly win the division. And uh, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank. Who's that fourth team? Uh, you have New England, Buffalo, the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. The Jets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you can Jets, forgive me yeah. for forgetting the Jets. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about the AFC East, guys. All right. I'm going to tell you right now, as the Pats fan, I'm going to give a very unpopular opinion. Uh, I see Buffalo winning the East this year. Um, that team, uh, I'm going to go ahead and eat my, my crow right now. I talked a lot of shit about Josh Allen. Uh, and he really showed out last season. Um, 
Buffalo's done very well with surrounding himself with talent. I really like Daryl Singletary in the backfield. And um, um, and New England, there's just a big drop-off in the talent base. Like, I like that Cam Newton's there. And... Um, but he still has nobody to throw to other than Julian Edelman. Sony Michelle showed that he is a between the tackles runners who can't get a good head of steam and can only average less than four yards a carry. Uh, James White is just a very short wide receiver out of the backfield. Rex Burkhead is good for about two games a season. Um, the offensive line's still pretty good. I think the defense will be stout, but I can see New England pulling eight, nine wins out this season and nothing more. Um, but I can Buffalo, if they get on a roll the way they did at the end of last season, that's an 11-win team, uh, easily. Um, the Jets are still a gutter fucking dumpster fire. Uh, Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let, me, let me tell you exactly what I saw about the Jets uh, that I saw. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Let me see. Let me find it. Oh, God, I was just looking at it. It was fantastic. Uh, oh, uh, the Jets are still years away from being a year away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I for being think, a fa- for being a factor in anything. Yeah, I, I think Miami uh, with with Brian Flores down there. Uh, you know, he was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots for years. Um, you know, he's a younger guy, very player oriented coach. Two was down there. I, you know, they're gonna. I think Miami has a better shot of of taking their lumps this year, parlaying that into a good draft position again and drafting smart and, and being able to rebuild much better than the Jets are. Like uh, the Jets from the front office on down are just fucking awful. Uh, yeah, and I think- well, from what I've seen, and I don't mean to interrupt, but just oh. from what I've seen, they're just saying, they're saying that the Dolphins are still are still about a year away from being a factor, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say just one. I give him two or three because, like, you still have to get some people in there for two to throw to. Uh, you you got to get some offensive linemen up in there to keep him upright. You know, you still have to uh, kind of rework the defense. You know, but I mean, I just feel that the front office and the coaching staff work together a lot better than the Jets coaching uh, staff in the front office do. You know, so I mean, it's it's a. Uh, uh, like I said, this is Buffalo's division this year. Uh, you know, that that is a good team. And I'm willing to admit when I am a fucking idiot. And I was a fucking idiot when last year when we did the NFL picks, I said uh, Josh Allen should move to tight end because he's ridiculously athletic, but he can't throw to anybody. And he made me look like an asshole all year long. So cheers to you, Josh Allen. Uh, I'm an he idiot. Cl- he clearly heard you. He heard yeah, you. Yeah. He heard, yeah, I, he heard I the think, podcast. I think I, I spurred him on. Mm, um, yeah. All right, so uh, Miami has announced that Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter. Um, how three, three weeks? So you're saying after Jacksonville on Monday night or Thursday night? Oh yeah, I was going to say don't say Monday night. They're not putting Jacksonville Miami on Monday night. No, no, no. Oh, I, I saw I saw the eight twenty and thought yeah. it was Monday, and then went no. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you I, think New England, Buffalo, Jacksonville, and then Tua starts against uh, Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can, I don't think you keep two off the field because Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, you know, first game of the season, he'll probably throw five touchdowns, uh, you know, or some stupid number, and then he'll go on that run where he throws twenty one interceptions over two games, and then the Fitz magic is gone again. Uh, so five, five <laughs> touchdowns at New England, dude. This is going to be a weird year. Okay, right? I, I'm not. I, I just I don't know that you put Tua in. Before week 
like going into week six because you've got you've got New England, Buffalo, Jacksonville, and then you got Seattle and San Francisco back to back. Yeah, but see, Seattle isn't the defensive uh, force it was, uh, you know, six or seven years ago. There's no Legion of Boom there anymore. Uh, I'm not trying to knock Seattle. I think they're a very good team, but they're not. They're not the. You know, they squandered a couple years. Pete Carroll did uh, with that defense. Um, now San Fran's defense. Oh fuck yeah, uh, that's going to be rough. But I mean, he's. That's a what young, I'm saying. Do you put Tua in to face that defense? They're they're not going to do any better with Fitzpatrick. Why the fuck not? Because he's coming off an injury. Yeah, okay. And he's also been cleared for practice. Like, play the motherfucker. I mean, you you got old man River uh, at, at QB and Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. The only thing sweet about that dude is his beard. So I say play Tua. Like, let him get those snaps. He's going to take his lumps anyway. Um, but he's a, a hell of a ball player, even, even with the injury. You know, like, play those young guys, man. All right. Well, in the AFC North, the Ravens come off a disappointing end to a good season. Um, the let's see here. Uh, the Browns are looking to bounce back and re, uh, live up to the hype that last year had. Uh, the Steelers are hoping Roethlisberger has a full season left in him, and the Bengals look to develop OSU transfer Joe Burrow into the quarterback <laughs> of the future. Um, I, whoa, 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 whoa. I yes, yes, yes. He's he's LSU legend. That we we called him LSU legend. Never use that term again. So <laughs> yeah, Tim, don't try and walk that back. Don't, don't yeah, like he's LSU legend Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, I just had to get that in there. Uh, well, so, what do we like in the AFC North? Uh, honestly, nothing uh, other than the Ravens. Um, I think Joe's going to take his lumps the same way Tua will, because since he, you've got an older AJ Green, uh, but he does have a great running back in Joe Mixon uh, who can catch the ball to the backfield. But since he's got a lot of retooling to do, uh, but I think Joe plays early. Uh, I, I think why why not? Um, I think Joe's planning on starting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think they were saying they were going to start him. Yeah, I mean, but again, this is Cincinnati, um, so I could see them saying one thing, and by you know, the three days before kickoff, they're like, "Oh, you know, we're going to go with a little bit of experience," and you know, I don't know. But I, I really like that. Be I really like Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be good for Cincinnati. That's a guy who injects a lot of excitement into the team. Um, but I oh, can, that's Ryan Finley that would be starting if not Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, no, Joe see, I feel, yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like since he's going to need but that, it's, but he's it's going to need that little injection. It's Cincy, Heather. It's Cincy. I got, I, that's why I said it. Yeah, that's why I said will, Cincy. They need that little like. But it, they fuck shush. up wet dreams like since he fucks up wet dreams. So I, I got you. I got you. Um, but you know what? Let's give him something to hope for. Yes. OK, but I can see Cincy uh, at the bottom. If Cleveland doesn't get their shit together and realize they have two really good running backs, uh, ensures that Baker does not throw the ball anywhere near as much as he does. And when he does, you know, he's Wait. throwing he's throwing to those dynamic wideouts in Landry and Beckham. Um, but we know. already know they're they're not going to get their shit together. We already know that. Because, again, it's an Ohio sports team and this is what they do to us. Exactly. Except that it's 2020. Uh, yeah, it is 2020. But. I mean, honestly, no, I don't even think I don't even think with it being 2020, I don't even think that that is going <laughs> to. But no. I mean, this is the, this is the Ravens division. Like, that's probably the, the most put together team. Mm-hmm. They're going to go with two heads at running back with Mark Ingram 
and J.K. Dobbins, which is even better than the pairing they had last year. Yeah. Uh, and Ingram has openly shown that, yes, I will split carries. He did it in New Orleans. He did it last season in Baltimore. And all he does is hype his butt, his background, you know, his uh, backfield buddy up. So um, and you got Lamar Jackson, who's easily one of the top two most exciting players in the game. Um, you know, so it's Baltimore's division. And honestly, you probably could flip flop Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland if Ben comes back strong. If Ben comes back like the old man he is coming off a rotator cuff injury, a shoulder injury, then, you know, Pittsburgh will probably be third. Uh, I just want to point out that ESPN's 20,000 simulations or whatever has Pittsburgh winning the division. Oh, what? (laughs) And 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 the Browns bench Baker Mayfield for Case Keenum in week nine. Okay, so that should tell you all that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, that's completely ridiculous because the thing I'm looking at is pretty much has the Ravens taking the division. All I'm saying is Baker Mayfield with mono is better than Case Keenum at 100%. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think Seven. Garrett Gilbert gets the start, the call up from the p- practice squad before uh, Case Keenum does. Yeah, I think you'd have to because Case. we know what we have with Case Keenum. He's a very limited quarterback who, unless he has, uh, you know, catches lightning in a bottle. Um, and we'll get to another quarterback when we talk about uh, the AFC South, you know, quarterbacks catching lightning in a bottle for a season, um, you know. He, he's not really that good. Like he's a guy who gets you a game or two when your starters down, but you don't want him out there for any prolonged period of time. Uh, so like, this is just me talking. I think you've got Baltimore, Cleveland and the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati bringing up the rear. So let me ask you this just for my personal curiosity. Does Cleveland get the wild card? I think they take one of the wild cards. If Baker uh, and, and that and Stefanski, uh, leans into the running game. You have yeah, I Nick- think Stefanski's probably the biggest wild card in the whole situation yeah. because he's a new coach in that system, and with Corona, there hasn't been as much time yeah. to develop. Well, see, I mean- and it's it's funny you said that because the thing I'm looking at has has the Browns at the seventh seed. And it says, I'm as surprised as you. The AFC is not very deep, though. I would not be surprised if an eight and eight record gets a team to the playoffs with the expanded field. And it says that it really comes down to Stefanski. God, I can't get that out. (laughs) Uh, But he says that if he can make that quarterback by numbers offense work in Cleveland, then there's more than enough talent around Mayfield to produce a good offense. Yeah. Oh, he's right. This, he's totally this right. team has the talent that 12 and four is attainable. Is it likely? No, but yeah. with the schedule that they have 12 and four is very possible. Yeah. But I mean, I honestly, it, it, it depends off game one. Cause they open mm-hmm. up against Baltimore and if Baltimore yeah. puts a beating on Cleveland, yeah. that's it. Like, That'll be it. Like they're capable yeah. of doing, I could see that breaking Mayfield's confidence again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Thankfully, I think Baltimore has like four starting defensemen who have opted out of the season. Yeah, but you know what? They've really rebounded from those uh, last couple Aussie Newsome years and and have drafted really smart. Uh, So they've got players that can truly fill the holes in their system. I just think Baltimore is a good team all around. So. 
the AFC South may be the weakest division in the conference with no clear front runner. Uh, Houston sold off their star wide receiver. The Jaguars are probably tanking for Trevor. The Titans are starting Ryan Tannehill and the Colts might be the head of the pack without too much star power. Just kind of a balanced team. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't say there's a front runner. I think it's Tennessee. Um, Tennessee showed what they could do with a very limited quarterback. And, you know, uh, you know, Tannehill was a lightning in a bottle guy. Uh, now, Tennessee's going to go the way Tannehill does, even running Derrick Henry, uh, who showed that he can carry a team as he did through the playoffs. Like, he put Tennessee on his back and said, fuck it, y'all, let's do this. So um, if Tannehill just plays even, you know, 80% of what he did when he took over the reins from Mariota, um, that's going to be a good team. Uh, the, the wide receivers on that team are, are great young wideouts. Uh, and again, you have Derrick Henry, who is a superhero playing running back. Um, and their defense is really good. And I really like the Clowney signing, uh, signing this week. Yes. Uh, because maybe he's not the pass rushing force everybody thought he was. But he's a guy who can disrupt every fucking play. He might not get to the quarterback to sack him, but he gets in his face. And especially in the run game, that guy could just blow through you know, an offensive guard and stop a running back in the backfield. So you have to kind of account for him as well. And on top of that, you have a guy like Mike Rabel who learned from Bill Belichick and, and, um, you know, urban Meyer. And it's just like, fuck it. We're going to throw some shit against the wall. See what sticks. Let's just win some football games. So I I really think Tennessee wins that division. I like Indy. I like Mm. Indy. Uh, I think they've drafted smart the last few years, but Phillip rivers, another old man river quarterback, uh, who's one like bad hit away from, you know, you're starting, you know, Jacoby Brissett again, you know, or, or and, and that's not going to get you to the playoffs. No, but I do think what could get the Colts to the playoff is their schedule, which is considered it's considered to be the easiest one in the league. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I think I mean, right. really, really, it's their division to lose because just because of that. Yeah, I mean, but like Indy, I mean, I just uh, Philip Rivers looked bad in San Diego last year, uh, and he had another great crop of receivers to throw yeah. to and a great running back. Um, you is, know, I just, is Brissett coming back? Is he is he yeah. back from his injury or no? I I haven't even looked at Indy honestly, but like he obviously, if he gets back from the injury, he's going to be the the backup to Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless uh, you know. Grigson pulls the the trigger on trading for another backup. I mean, Brissett's going to be the man. And I yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like the, the guy plays in the NFL. So obviously he's much better than I ever was. Uh, but, you know, when you look at it from just like quarterback depth, I mean, Brissett, I mean, he's OK. But like if, you know, I think the Philip River signing is Indy saying, OK, we're, we're ready to compete this year. Mm-hmm. And, and is India a much better team than Andrew Lux last year where he just got the shit knocked out of him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but, it's an upgrade for sure. Yeah. But it's I still don't think it's better than Tennessee. I don't think it's better that that roster isn't as good as Tennessee's. Um, and then you've got the Texans who, you know, just traded away one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game. Uh, and then inks Deshaun Watson to a, a big uh, contract and he's got nobody to throw to. Uh, you've got David Johnson, who hopefully can have a career resurgence uh, with a change of uh, address in Houston. Uh, you know, before his injury in Arizona, like that guy was the top running back in the league, arguably. You know, 
and they still haven't done much to shore up that offensive line. They have no picks in the first like two rounds for the next like two or three years. Bill O'Brien is still in charge of the franchise. So Texans, you're gonna suck. You're just not gonna suck as bad as Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> All right, let's let's play this game real quick. Uh, over or under fifty sacks on Deshaun Watson? Uh, I'm gonna go under only because of Tunsil playing left tackle. Uh, but I will say he'll also average three false start penalties a game. <laughs> uh, Watson took 62 sacks in 2018 and 16 games and had 44 sacks in 15 games last year. So, yeah, I mean, I think 50 is a fair number. He's, he's on par. He's on par for that. Yeah. It's just Tunsil's. A, that's that's a, good odds. Yeah, he's a, he's a monster <laughs> at left tackle. It's just that guy gets jumpy. Mm. Uh, when he's got to face elite pass rushers and he just like the dude was flagged all the time. Uh, yeah. Granted, that could have been coming over in like a midseason trade, you know, getting used to the system, uh, whatever the case is. He the guy gets flagged quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Wrapping up the AFC, we head out west where the reigning Super Bowl champs look to run away with the division. Uh, the Raiders bring football to Vegas, and that's about all I can say there. Uh, the Broncos may have lost Von Miller for the season, and the Chargers may not notice a difference in crowds during coronavirus. Yeah, uh, I think you're right, because um, I'm pretty sure towards the end of last season, the Los Angeles Chargers ownership was putting cardboard cutouts in seats. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think the Chargers take a step back without Rivers, even though he didn't play as well, but they still have great wideouts in Austin Eckler at running back. Uh, I question their defense. Um, you know, Vegas, I, I talked a lot of shit about John Gruden, but they've drafted very well. I mean, they still had the, you know, the Raiders reaches, but I mean, I think that team's going to be a lot better than people think. Um, I think the Raiders finished third in the West. Uh, and I still think the AFC is the chiefs, uh, they'll win the West and I can see them going back to the Super Bowl because that team is just so good all around. And on top of that, you got Patrick Mahomes who, it just played out of his mind football the last two years. And he's just he's the leader that that young group of quarterbacks that's moving up uh, and filling the void left behind, you know, by by luck and rivers and Brady and, and all those the old guard guys, you know. So, I mean, the Chiefs didn't really lose much. Um, I think the Broncos, uh, I feel bad for Broncos fans. Von Miller is, is an amazing talent still. Um, and having that freak injury, where, which could keep him out all season, is going to be a horrible blow for the defense. Um, I, I didn't really like the Melvin Gordon signing uh, because he didn't do much in his opportunities in San Diego and, and or with the Chargers, excuse me, both in San Diego and L.A. Um, so he fucked it up with one team in two cities. Um, you know, but they have some depth there because Philip Lindsay is still there and he was an undrafted free agent that ran for over, like, I think had over 1300 yards from scrimmage. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I just I think this is the, definitely the Chiefs division. Uh, you guys can argue against that, but I don't think anybody can right now. Um, I wasn't. No, going we to. can't. Yeah, um, I wasn't going to. <laughs> but, the, but instead of the AFC South being the weak division in, in this in the AFC this year, I think it's going to be the West. Um you know, Denver hasn't really improved enough. And then you have the the Chargers and the Raiders there. And those two teams aren't really that great. So um, I think it's going to be really top heavy with the Chiefs. 
it's mm-hmm. worth noting the uh, the Chargers had a total attendance last year of two hundred and fifty four thousand for their home games. Total over, uh, eight, over eight games. That is over awful. eight games. That puts them a hundred one hundred and twenty three thousand behind the next lowest, which was the Bengals. Wow. wow. I mean, and the thing is, you got to think it shouldn't be that hard to pack <laughs> 25,000 asses into 25,000 seats. I think I think Paul Brown Stadium is like 68,000. Um, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, but, you know, like they the Chargers played in a soccer stadium last year. You know, like <laughs> you should have you should have done a USFL and just gave tickets to people to get them to at least come and watch the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they have only 760,000 total fans at all 16 games. Fully wow. two-thirds of those were away oh. games. Oh. Wow. Uh, so you mean to tell me that they would rather travel than watch a team in their own home stadium? That's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it was well documented that basically Chargers home games were whoever they were playing uh, home games. Yeah, Got it. <laughs> like essentially every team on the charter schedule uh, had an extra home game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think especially the Packers notoriously filled that stadium last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, you got to think what killed me when the Cowboys went there. I mean, I remember hearing the audio clip of like the, the Chargers play by play guy. And he's like saying, you know, let's get excited about the Chargers like he's doing his promo work. And you hear all these cowboy fans just like cowboy, like throughout the whole stadium. And I'm listening <laughs> to this and I'm like, bro, how shitty do you have to feel right now as you're trying to do promo work to get people pumped up about mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Chargers? You know, like it's just it's <laughs> such a shit show. NFL, stop trying to force professional football in L.A. Uh, uh, it's it hasn't worked for a yeah. long time, for decades. It hasn't yeah. worked. In, in the in the words of Regina George, fetch is not going to work, Gretchen. Fetch okay. is not going to work. It's, it's not, not a fit. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, pivot over to the NFC East. Uh, it's really a two-team race with the Cowboys looking to celebrate an early playoff exit. And I'm not really sure what to make of the Eagles. Uh, not in the conversation is the football team or the Giants. Yeah. Um, well, we know that the Washington football club, it'll never be Washington football team to me. Listen, ever since I said that, y'all are like, yep, that's it. That's the yep. name. Heather, you hit the nail on the head. And again, you're right. I'm going to go ahead and just let you know you were right. And you give me brownie points for the next week. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Um, you know, the Washington football club, I, I, I see Ron Rivera giving Haskins a little bit of time, but he's also the new head coach with the young quarterback. Uh, and unfortunately, if things don't go well, I can see Haskins dealing with the kind of career arc that uh, Josh Rosen's had to deal with. Uh, gets drafted by one administration, you know, one regime. The regime goes out the door. The next guy step in and we're like, we don't like you. And then he goes to this next team and the other team's like, well, we don't want you either. And he's on a practice squad somewhere. Um, but I think with, unlike Rosen, with good coaching, Haskins could be a good quarterback. Uh, I think Rosen's very limited. And I guarantee right now the Cardinals front office is kicking themselves in the ass for draft, wasting a first round pick on them. But well, um, and I think, too, what will help the Cowboys and I hate it tasted disgusting coming out of my mouth um, is with Jason Garrett gone like and his conservative ways of coaching. I think that Mike McCarthy is probably going to be 
a lot more fun to watch. I think so he, too. He yeah. tends because it because he he tends to have a little bit of Mad Hatter vibes, where he'll go for it on the fourth down. It's a sign of exactly how long 2020 has been that I actually forgot that Jason Garrett was gone. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like you said that I went, wait, Jason Garrett was fired. I mean, by the calendar, we're eight months into 2020. But in actual time, we're in our 26th month of 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say 33rd, but that's, I mean, same Uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how so long like, this year has been. I actually genuinely forgot that Carrot was gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I so I do. I think I think that I think that McCarthy is going to make he has the potential to make the Cowboys exciting to watch again. Um, so I think that that could be a good thing. Um, I think Philadelphia is pretty banged up. And so, <laughs> which something I read called it a yearly tradition at this point, and I don't yeah. disagree. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And then you've got the Giants and football club fighting over who has the worst roster. So, yeah, I mean, really, I mean, the Cowboys really should just stroll into the division. Yeah, I, I think what, uh, the football club ends up dead last with the Giants ahead only because of how well Daniel Jones showed he could play. And you have Saquon Barkley there. So you've got a guy who could literally change the game by himself. Uh, and Washington doesn't have any of that. Like, they don't have that kind of dynamism on offense or defense, actually. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Philly comes in second. Like you said, Heather, it's a yearly tradition that they always end up banged up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, how many games are you going to get out of Carson Wentz? The guy has shown he can't really stay healthy. No. Nope. Um, you know, so it, it's going to tax, uh, you know, Doug Peterson, who I think is a hell of a head coach. I think he showed that in the Super Bowl year. Um, you know, it's going to tax his ability to, to keep them motivated uh, when Wentz does go down and you have next man up. But again, this is the Cowboys division. Uh, there's just too much talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, hopefully they can actually parlay that talent into like a playoff win, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, I and and. You know, uh, I think McCarthy is better suited to get him that win than Jason Garrett ever was. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think he's going to make them exciting to watch. And I think that's going to give them a little bit of a boost. I think it's going to give the team a little bit of a boost. And so, yeah. So that's that's what I go with. I still can't believe that the Redskins let Adrian Peterson. Sorry, the Washington football team uh, club club, whatever. Uh, let Adrian Peterson go. Well, I mean, it had to do at this it, point. Are we surprised? I mean, really? I mean, this is a team in teardown mode that are going to play as many young players as they can. And in football years, Adrian Peterson is 604. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, he showed he could carry the load a couple times, but I mean, being a running back and, and with as many carries as he had, the dude even being suspended a whole season still. Uh, has a lot of carries under his belt. So, um, but he's also one of the dudes that takes like fitness and his personal health seriously. So he can be one of those dudes that plays at a decent level until his like late thirties. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past him because the dude, I mean, he's not Derrick Henry superhero, but he's like, he's almost there like in his fitness. So, yeah. 
Peterson went to the Lions, which is where we head next, the NFC North. Uh, The division that features, let's count them, Mitch Trubisky, who who managed to beat out Nick Foles for the starting job. Excuse me, it's Mitchell Trubisky. (laughs) Mitch Trubisky. uh, Kirk Cousins, who's the most overpaid quarterback in the league. uh, Matt Stafford, who's one hit away from retirement. And Aaron Rodgers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you imagine being Ryan Pace, the general manager of the the Chicago Bears? Um, yeah, Bears. Who is paying Nick Foles at $31 million to hold a clipboard, knowing <laughs> full well that, uh, you know, what he needs is Jim McMahon to be, uh, re- to be reborn and, and come and take snaps. Because both both those guys both those guys suck. Duh bears, you know. Uh, I just, bear stop, bear stop, bear yeah, stop. Bear I just stop. I, I I think it's a disservice that you're gonna waste that defense with one of the top defensive players in the league in Khalil Mack with that offense that you're gonna put Trubisky out there again when he looked completely lost last season. Mm-hmm. Uh. And granted, I don't think Nick Foles is a 16-game starter, but he's better than Trubisky, uh, you know, and he's got like a winning pedigree. You know, I just I, I at this point, if the front office doesn't shit can Ryan Pace 13 minutes after the Bears' last game when they missed the playoffs again, uh, they're they're literally the city of Chicago should just go to Soldier Field and burn the fucking stadium to the ground. I'm like legitimately trying to find any sort of bright spot on the Chicago offense. And it goes like Jimmy Graham and then Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. Like <laughs> you literally have a wideout who in Ohio State history we all know and love, but realized when he got to the NFL, he can't catch a football uh, if it had AIDS. Okay. Well, listen, and and I feel like the only bright spot there is if you look up their assholes and they open up their mouths, there's the bright spot. Oh, right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Graham's past his prime. Uh, He hasn't been a factor in years. No. Uh, Like he played with arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever lace up their spikes and Aaron Rodgers and couldn't do shit. Um, You know, they've got a couple good running backs in Chicago and their offensive lines average at best. Um, So like, you're right, Tim. Like you look at the defense and you're like, God damn, that's a good defense. And right. then you, sc- you scroll down a little bit and like, Oh, Oh, God damn. Oh, that's a yeah. battle. Oh, no. that, that is bad. You know, uh, like, you know, like when your second brightest player is Ted Ginn jr. Uh, who's in his 14th season out of Ohio state. Um, hold on. 14th season. I, and I want to say six team. Probably. I know he was in Miami for a while. Uh, Miami, San Francisco, Carolina, New Orleans, Chicago. Oh, my gosh. Maybe fifth. Arizona's in there. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Miami, San Francisco, Carolina, Arizona, uh, back to Carolina, New Orleans, and now Chicago. Okay. So he is on a six team. So, like, the guy's a journeyman uh, who's still a burner, but he couldn't hit like he, he the guy just can't catch a ball. You know, so like that, that's going to be a bad team. Uh, I think this is Green Bay's division because you still have Aaron Rodgers. You have, um, you know, a, a really good run game right now. I mean, granted, 
Green Bay got rid of, you know, a couple of the players from the best named wide receiver core in the NFL. Uh, but I digress. You know, it's still a good team. But um, what, what about the Yannick trade, though? I can't say his last name, so I'm just going to use his Ngak- first name. It's, it's Ngakwe. Okay. Okay. Well, what about that trade? You I, don't I think, think that that, that I, helps the Vikings it, at all? I mean, it, it will, but I really think that the offense, even with Thylen and Stephon Diggs, uh, it still has to revolve around. Um, oh but what about gosh. Daniel Hunter? Hold on, give me a second. Uh, still revolves around the running back, Tim. I forgot his name. Uh, Cook, David Cook. Yeah. Uh, um, the offense still is going to go as far as him, and I think with the defenses in the North uh, and, and and just in general, they're going to stack the box against him and, and make Kirk Cousins beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, we've seen a couple like. You know, Tim said he's the most overpaid quarterback in the NFL for what he produces. Um, I just think that the Vikings would be better off, like, drafting and developing a good quarterback to throw to Diggs and Thylen and hand the ball off to Cook because that's a good overall team. Um, and Ngakwe is a great addition. I, I love Ngakwe. And I think he's going to be even better getting out of Jacksonville. Um, but I still think that's Green Bay's that's Green Bay's division, man. Yeah, I'm disa- I, I, I'm, I disagree. I'm going to go with Minnesota on this one. Ooh, skull, very nice. Yeah, I, I, I think, even though I don't I think like it's a, probably they, Green they Bay's division. Uh, Minnesota will playoffs thing. Minnesota but, uh, will probably be a wild card. Detroit may compete for that seventh slot, but I don't really see too strong of a push there. Can, can I be honest? I think Matt Patricia gets fired after this season. I think that the Lions do so bad, he just gets shit canned. I, I think I think Stafford needs to retire as well. Yeah. Um, but let's go to uh, Heather's home, the hey. NFC South, where that may be the most interesting division in football. I think so too. Um, yeah. You're gonna get Brady and the kitchen sink Buccaneers. Uh, because everybody <laughs> and their mother landed in Tampa Bay this yeah. offseason. Now, listen, uh, that just means, listen, what that means is that uh, Tampa Bay clearly made a deal with the devil somewhere and got what they got. And we're, that's, we're that's, gonna get I mean, that's, at this point, that's, that's the only explanation I have for it. Yeah. We're, we're going to get to see Brady Breeze twice this year. Hmm. Um Former Saints backup Teddy Bridgewater will get his chance starting in Carolina. And the Falcons continue to ride mediocre seasons. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Carolina finishes last in this division this year. um, Only because we haven't seen Teddy over a whole season yet. Um, He did. He did. He did a fantastic job filling in. Yeah, he really did. He He really did. But but, and I'm not going to take that away from him because you know. But you know what, Carolina doesn't have that uh, that New Orleans does a great wide receiving core. Mm -hmm. Um, And and granted, it's a big drop off between Michael uh, Thomas to the number two guy, but those guys know the system. You know, Christian McCaffrey is arguably. I mean, and Heather, you could argue with me on this, and that's fine. But McCaffrey is the most dynamic back in the NFL right now. Uh, and I think Carr is number two on that list. No, I, um, I, I, I will disagree, but yeah, and that's, that's okay. I'd expect you to like, yes. you got to stand, stand for your man. I get it. I do. I do. Right. But where Kamara did a lot of splitting carries, McCaffrey doesn't McCaffrey mm-hmm. is just out there every snap of the game. Um, now I think Carolina needs to temper that a little bit 
uh, and bring in another running back to spell McCaffrey so they don't wear him out. Um, yeah, they don't really have anybody looking at their roster. No, they don't. And that's that's going to be the issue for Carolina, I think. And that's why I think they don't do as well uh, or they finish last this season. But I think there's a lot of potential if they start drafting some weapons for Bridgewater to throw to. OK, well, now, and I, I think, think. Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, oh, and I think Atlanta finishes third. Um, you know, I just like you said, they always seem to snatch mediocrity from the jaws of excellence. Um <laughs> You know, and I just don't think they've done enough to really replicate the team they had when they uh, blew a 28 to three lead. Um, It's also going to be fun to watch Tom Brady torment Matt Ryan twice a season, too. Well, yes. Listen, the gentleman that wears 12, um, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say this. I can see Tampa going the way of the 07 Eagles. They brought in a lot of star power and then shit the bed. You have a lot of new people. So the 2019 Browns. Well, yeah, but I mean, even then, I mean, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you have a lot of moving pieces, like people in important positions that are new to the system. You know, like how is Gronk going to fit into a Bruce Arian system that doesn't really focus on the tight end? Um, You know, Arians is notorious for not using tight ends correctly. I think they they really shit the bed and not utilizing O.J. Howard the last two years under Arians. Um, But, I mean, Fournette, that is a streaky player, and if he's in a good mood, he's going to play well that game. And if not, he's going to not do shit. Yeah. Um, you know, Brady depends on running backs that can catch the ball well out of the backfield. Fournette has shown he's never been able to do that. Um, Again, know, so. another player who's awesome in college but just doesn't translate to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, Heather, like he wasn't expected to catch the ball to the backfield with, uh, no. you know, with those quarterbacks at LSU. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to run forward and blow people over. But listen, you know? though, his his shady-ass comment, though, was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That he said yes. that for once he feels like he actually has a quarterback. But, I mean, Father Time catches up to everybody. Is this the year oh, that Father Time catches up to number 12? Um you know, I still think this is the New Orleans Saints division to win. Uh, that is still a very solid team. They are much better defensively than they were three years ago. They showed that last year. Now, again, the same goes for Breeze. Is this the year Father Time really catches up to Drew Breeze? Yeah, he's getting up there, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 kind of what everybody is is looking at right now. Is yeah. is is this the season? Like, yeah. is this is this is basically again we're in another Super Bowl or bust season mm-hmm. and that biggest, we're looking at. The biggest worry you have to have with the Saints offense is will another wideout step up behind Michael Thomas? Um, you can't expect Michael Thomas to catch 115 passes and and 10 plus touchdowns every year. Um, now they gonna, did. They did just get Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. So who, who is hit or miss as well? Like he. That's true. Like when when the. But Niners, it's worth mentioning though. Yeah. Like, he I could think, help. I think playing with Breeze is going to be good for him. I think having that that good second option is great. But you need like the Denver Broncos Emmanuel Sanders, not the one the Niners got last year when they traded for him. Yeah. You know. Um, so if he can step up and kind of like take some heat off of Thomas, that is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, if Kamara can stay healthy, um, you know, because he was kind of dinked up last year um, and, and, and there's no rancor over the, the contract negotiations that they're going through right now. Yeah. Um, 
and they it's expected he's expected to get his money so. yes as he should as he yeah. fucking should because um, i i get the feeling for him like he doesn't want to leave new orleans he's a new orleans boy like he doesn't want to leave well and that i just think that you know he's got the same attitude towards new orleans as breeze does like he you know he was a third round pick you know he was a guy that a lot of people slept on uh because of his spotty record at tennessee you know like it I get it. He's shown that he's he's a dynamic presence out of the backfield, uh, whether it's running or or catching the football, um, you know. But they they need Sanders to show up and, and take some heat off Thomas and give Breeze oh. a, another target, you know. And I'm mistaken. All, he's from Atlanta. Excuse me. You know, he's but like, Atlanta. but he's he's really he's he's uh, Kamara is a free spirit, and that's mm-hmm. New Orleans is the perfect city for a guy like that, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and then over on the other side of the ball, though, too, we should talk that, you know, Malcolm Jennings is back. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's going to be a good thing um, in the defensive backfield. Yeah, I think they, that's going to be a big his leadership is definitely going to yeah. be. I think really, Orleans, I think, leaned on. New Orleans learned the hard way that we can't just score 40 points a game and win. And, mm-hmm. and they really rebuilt that defense. So I, I think it goes New Orleans. It goes Tampa, who, who gets a wild card, uh, Atlanta and Carolina. All right, and we'll end the NFL preview in the NFC West where DeAndre Hopkins looks to elevate Kyler Murray's game. The Niners' defense looks just as formidable as the one that took it to the Super Bowl last year, and Seattle continues to compete for the division championship. I don't really have anything to say about the Rams. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. You had the Rams in the Super Bowl two years ago, and then last season they looked like shit. Uh, you know... Robert Woods stepped up a lot. I really like him. I think he's a he's a great one compared to Cooper Cups, uh, number two. Uh, you know, the Rams are going to go with a running back by committee with a rookie and, and kind of a, a more steady presence after they moved on from Gurley. Um, but even then, I, I just the Rams don't they don't scare me. Uh, you know, they don't really impress me right now. Um, I really think that the Niners are going to win this division again. Now, I really I will say that. Garoppolo needs to have a much better season than he did last year because people are going to be prepped for the Niners. Um, you know, but I mean, Garoppolo, he showed last year in fits and starts that he's a, a viable, a good starting quarterback. Um, you know, they have good running backs that split the load, um, you know, but, you know, guys like Debo Samuel have to step up for the Niners in the wide receiving core. Um, and But you have George Kittle as well, who is a fucking a nuts fucking it's just an amazing tight end Uh, i love that guy excuse me um you know i think seattle has a lot of good building uh you know a a lot of good players uh russell wilson never count that guy out ever 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 count russell wilson out Mm um you know and it's it's just this is you know i i don't see the niners really falling off much because they're their defense is so good. So if Garoppolo has a bad game, the defense can cover for him. Uh, I think the Seahawks finish second uh, I, and, and take a wild card. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll has shown he's a good manager of personalities. And again, you count Russell Wilson at your own risk, man. That guy will pull out a win uh, when you least expect it. And I think DK Metcalf has a great season this year as well. Like that guy kind of came on towards the end of last season. Uh, he built he's built a good rapport with Wilson, um, you know, so I think that's really important. Having a, a, a giant of a man at wideout 
who can go up and get those jump balls the way, uh, you know, like an, an Odell Beckham or like a Julio Jones or an A.J. Green, you know, used to. Um, See, for me, flip-flop it. Okay. You think Seattle's going to take it? I think Seattle takes it um, just because I feel like this is the most talent that Wilson has had to work with, like, mm-hmm. ever. So I think that um, – I think that that I think that that's going to help him a lot. Yeah. So for me, so for me, because for me, it was like it could kind of go either way between the Niners and Seattle. But something just a little like just a little inkling has me pulling for Seattle, even though I hate Seattle. But (laughs) I mean, honestly, I I hate saying anything positive about Seattle because their fans are the second most wishy-washy. God, oh, my God. And I'm in Seahawks country, too. So that's (laughs) great. Well, that wraps up our NFL preview. Um, We're going to go into our quick picks of the week. Um, I'm going to give each of you guys one minute per game to discuss who you think is going to win. We're going to go with the four closest spreads, arguably the closest games. Uh, So we'll start with Seattle, a two-point favorite at Atlanta. Mac? Uh, I really think that Seattle's offense is going to be too much for Atlanta's defense. I'll take Seattle, uh, definitely. Uh, And again, I think Russell Wilson is twice the quarterback Matt Ryan will ever will be. So, (laughs) Heather? Y'all can, I'll let y'all describe what my face looks like because I don't like this game. I don't give a good goddamn about it. I hope lightning strikes the stadium and they all fall out. Um, so uh, tell, us, tell us how you really feel, Heather. Yeah, I know. Um, this one, just because I hate Atlanta so much that I'm going to go with the Seahawks on this, just because it, Atlanta should look good on paper, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah. And that's just a paper that you like wrap shit in when you're moving. Like yeah. that's uh, that's all that it's worth. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, Heather. Atlanta is the Cleveland Browns of the NFC. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, it, I just no that like I, I, I'm not I don't even have to get into it. Just Seattle. I don't need a minute. <laughs> yeah, I've got Seattle in that one, too. Uh we turn to Los Angeles. Dallas is a two-point favorite against the Rams. Heather, we'll start with you. Um, again, like I said, I think I think that Dallas getting their new coach, I think that that's going to make them um, – I think that's going to give them a little bit more excitement uh, to do. Um, let me see. I'm looking over my notes. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, the number rises. No, again, I just know that my notes aren't super great. I'm going to go with Dallas on this one for yeah. basically off of everything of what you guys were saying to and because like, OK, the the Rams, like what really have have they done really yeah. like in a long time? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think Dallas is just a better team overall. Um you know, I, I, I think McCarthy is going to bring a certain dynamism to the offense. Like, I know Josh would probably scream at me for that, but even he would have to admit that McCarthy is much more of an offensive innovator than Jason Garrett ever was. Um, you know, and I think with a heavy dose of Zeke and, you know, uh, with that offense, I, I just see Dallas winning that game. Um, you know, I, I don't know. The Rams have done nothing to really impress me. I love the Jalen Ramsey signing, but like the rest of the defense... I don't know, man. 
Well, yeah. and the Rams and the Rams really haven't done anything to fix their O line. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, they they re-signed um Andrew Whitworth, who's thirty-eight, and like it's just like yeah. his time is getting up there. Um and they're pretty confident in having Havenstein. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I part of it too is I think they just have a young team that's not it's not really they haven't really yeah. proven themselves yet, so yeah, I'm taking Dallas in this one, too. The one guy who I'm very curious to see is how C.D. Lamb makes that transition to the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's settling into an offense where he can shine a lot. I'm curious to see how he does, because there's enough tools there that he doesn't have to be the guy. Yeah. Um, but can you, imagine, third, can, you, can you imagine him out of the slot, though? Oh, my yeah. God, that's going to be nuts. It's going to be yeah. nuts. Our third game. uh was probably a lot closer before the news of the Von Miller injury, but Tennessee, a two point favorite at Denver. Mac, let's start with you. Oh, Tennessee all day long. Uh, I, I don't think Denver's got the tools on defense to really stop Henry. Um, and even if uh, Tatum Hill is, has half a pulse, those wideouts are good enough to get separation uh, to uh, get away from Denver's defensive backs. So um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but. Like we we saw what Henry could do against good defenses, man. Like he he will torch you. Uh, a man that size should not be able to be as fast as he is. Uh, <laughs> like it's not fair. It's it just uh, nothing beats the picture. Remember when uh, Henry was playing in the national championship game and Mark Ingram, who's a big dude himself, uh, is standing next to Derrick Henry and looks like a dwarf. Uh, you know yeah. so. Um, I just think that, you know, Tennessee's got a good formula uh, and their defense is very good. And Denver's offense doesn't scare anybody. So uh, I'm definitely going to go with Tennessee. Heather? Yeah, same. I'm not. It's not even going to be two points. I don't even see that. Um, I think that you're going to get um, really heavy doses of Derrick Henry. Um And with Clowney over there, I think that's really going to help them. Um while playing across uh, from edge runners, Harold Landry and Beasley Jr. Um, I think they're well coached right now. And um, yeah, I, 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 I've got Tennessee all day over Denver. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, in agreement on that one too. Uh, but I mean, now, we, now it is to be said though. I mean, Denver is getting Chubb back after he tore his ACL last yeah. season. So, I mean, so, I mean, I think that will help them a little bit, but not enough, not enough against that Tennessee team. All right. And the one we may disagree on uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota's a two and a half point favorite in this one. Heather, what do you like there? Um, Again, I think it's, it's kind of going to go back to what we were saying about Minnesota. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, First, we're going to talk about how they have, uh, they do still have a uh, run of the use first round. They do still have Justin Jefferson, who was great at LSU or whatever. Um, and then they also. Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not going to talk about his brother. I don't talk about his brother at all. Um, they should have a healthy campaign with Dalvin Cook. Um, and. And so as long as like they can stay, they, that they can stay healthy, um, I'm going to go to Minnesota on this one. All right. 
and Mac. Um, I am going to go ahead and say Green Bay because they still have Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers can pull a win out from nowhere. Um, I think that you'll probably see a little different Green Bay team who runs the ball a little more. Um, and, uh, you know, it takes a little of the slack off Rodgers to just kind of do it himself. Uh, and honestly, the biggest thing for me was Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback for the Minnesota. <laughs> um, I got you. I got you. Like I said, I just, I'm going a little risky. I, I and, look, that's my risky pick. And we, we saw him go 9 of 21 for like 87 yards in one game last year, even with okay. Dalvin Cook there. So, that's okay, you know, whatever. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm definitely going Green Bay. Oh, I don't. Hmm, I'm going to take. I'm going to go Green Bay with this one. Um, I, th- I think Green Bay's just got a little bit more of a, a set team. Uh, they, they, they've meshed a little bit more. And I think you can't count Aaron Rodgers out. First game of the season. He, he, he's starting to get up there, too. Yeah. He, he's in a win or go home state, I think. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to take Green Bay on that one. And that will do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for sharing with the hometown crowd. Okay, bye everybody. And just don't don't do pyrotechnic gender reveals. Jesus fucking Christ. Just pop a goddamn balloon. That's all you have to do. And uh, also wear your fucking mask though, please. And wash your hands, yes. And social distance. Have a good night. Bye.